0: You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
1: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Eye on the Ball. I'm Steve Rivera, along with Jay Gonzalez, and you're listening to 1030 The Voice.
2: Welcome to Thursday's Day of Fun. I'm thinking we're going to have fun. I hope we're going to have fun. I, I'm really excited to talk to our guest today, Bob Baffert. I've been a horse racing fan as long as I can remember. Uh, not enough to, you know, go to a major track every year, but enough to pay attention to it and watch all the Triple Crown races. And so, I'm anxious to talk to Bob. Yeah, I, I can't wait to do it. He's one of my. Uh,
1: he's he's one of my. I don't know if hero is the right word because I'm a sports guy, but uh, he was my first guest on my first show on this show. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, Yeah, because I wanted to talk to him for a while. We got into some good stuff. We're going to talk about some good stuff now. A lot of good things are going on for the Bob Baffert clan. Uh,
2: So uh, what are you doing in 11 years? Uh, well, I, I hope I'm. I I'm hope I'm above, I'm above ground. I mean, that's that's all I got right now. I got something to shoot for now. Can I get you a cane you or something? Know, something, man. I got. I got to get myself in shape now. I've got something to play for. Uh, you know, we got. Uh, you know, we heard the announcement. Arizona is going to be playing Alabama in 2032 and 2033. We had Greg Byrne on, and he couldn't break it to us. Well, you know, I, I, one, I'm disappointed in him that he didn't break it on our show because you know we had we broke some news when Adia Barnes announced uh-huh. her. Uh, her impending uh, the birth of a daughter. But uh, I'm disappointed in us because we didn't, neither one of us thought to say, So, Greg, when are you going to get Arizona and Alabama together? Right, right. It's, it's such an obvious <laughs> question, and I don't know why we didn't ask you it. You know then. what he would have done? It would have been, how been, how it uh, been <laughs> interesting. You know, if, if he would have started a little bit, maybe hesitated or something we might have known something was up right right I'll get back to you that on Jay Jay we'll yeah. get back to you on that. you know something like that you know but uh, knowing Greg he, he would have played it pretty cool but uh, you know if this <laughs> is let me ask you do you think it's a big deal well, yeah, it is a big deal. Um, today. It, it's a lo- yeah, it's a long way right, off, right. But, it's, but it is a big deal because, you know, I, I go back to the days when, you know, we would hear that these games were coming up way into the future. Right. You know, Arizona had series with Ohio State. They played uh, played LSU a couple of times. Um, played Michigan back Notre in the – Notre Dame. You know, the, the, yeah, those games with Notre Dame. And you would hear about those games five, six, seven, right, eight right. years ahead of time, and they seemed so far off – then all of a sudden they were here, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, just because I'm 60 years old, and you know this game's going to be, you know, I'm going to be 72 when this game rolls mm-hmm. around, it's a little different perspective for me. But if I was 25 years old, I'd be thinking, great, you know, the, the you know, and this, uh, you know, this game's going to be coming up at a time when you know I'm still a fan and all that type of stuff. Look, somebody made the point. The guys who are going to be playing in that game are in elementary school right now. So for us to think yeah, right. that we have true. any idea what that's going to be, but still, when you think about the fact that Arizona's playing Alabama in the future, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Save money now. We can go to the first game over there. You know, exactly. I mean, the, yeah, I, I saw you and you and uh, one of your buddies on Facebook talking about, you know, we, we got to get the gas money road trip. I'm like, uh, Steve, you, 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 you might be in a nursing home by that time. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm definitely not driving. <laughs> exactly. I'm you're going to need a ride. Driving Miss Daisy to Alabama. <laughs> You know, um, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Again, it's just you know these things do get scheduled so so far out ahead that um, it's it, they're they're fun to talk about. You know, I'm not all that excited about it yet. You know, if I'm, you know, if I'm 70 and I'm still healthy and I know I've got a couple of good years in me, I'll start getting fired up for that. Have a little fun with this. Saban will still be the coach there. How many coaches will UVA have gone through? Uh, I I think Saban will be retired by that time. I'm, I'm kind of joking you know, about it. Yeah, yeah the, you know, somebody put an over under of two and a half coaches. Oh, that's a at, number for Arizona by that time. 12 um, years, two and a half coaches. You know, I I, I was I was mean and I put an over under of two and a half. of How many of the Gonzalez brothers? Will still be around by that time, right. and somebody said, "If you take the under, you're a bad man." So, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a bad bet. Two but, and a half, two and a half? Yeah, well, you know, if you think about years, you know, uh, I mean, I, I think we're in a situation seriously where Kevin Sumlin's got to get some things together. Wait, does he count? He counts. Oh, then that's over. He's one okay over so if he's got let's say he has you know sticks around for maybe five years because he, he gets this <laughs> thing going you know then you then yeah then the then it may be the under but if let's say he has another really bad year and he's gone next year or right after that then you're thinking the over so um to, I I, uh, I don't know where I am I'm reaching right in now. my pocket I'm getting the <laughs> over right now uh, so I don't know uh it, that's a tough call you know I, I again I, I'm, I'm rooting for him and i because i'm rooting for the cats uh you know i'll i'll know more in a couple of months maybe <laughs> you'll just, know by december it, it, it doesn't look good right now if you know if you're if you're to put a knife to my throat and say you got to take one or the other right now i'm taking the, the over. over yes smart man smart man <laughs> but you know it's fun i mean you know these things are fun to talk about you know i was looking at i was looking at the uh, the non-conference schedule over the next few years and you know you, you can kind of tell arizona's up the game a little bit you know uh when Mike Stoops was here, they you know we had some of those games. Mm-hmm. We had Iowa. Uh, we played you know had home and homes with Iowa, home and homes with Oklahoma State. Rich Rod got the second half of that one. That was an uh, unbelievable game. That was a great game. You know, Rich Rod's first year. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know we've had we've you know I mean uh, Arizona played Ohio State and uh, here in Dick Tomey's mm-hmm. last year, and mm-hmm. that was a you know that was a great game. Arizona lost, but it was a really good game. We talked about the Oklahoma game uh, back in the late eighties. Right, and I they were had there. home and home with Oklahoma back in the. Day and again, there was the, the Notre Dame one. You know they, uh, you know they came and played here in, in uh, Larry Smith's first year, 1980. Then went back there in '82 and then Arizona beat them. Mm-hmm. You know and that was mm-hmm. one of the one of the historic games, one of the landmark games of of the time uh, Larry Smith's time here. You know it still sticks in my you know in my brain as you know that what a great game that was.
1: Right, right. Let me throw a curve real quickly. We have about two minutes left in this segment before we talk about Bob Baffert. When was the last time you lost
2: four billion dollars? Uh, I don't even know what that looks like. I don't even know what that looks like. But yeah, I saw that news. If, If there's no college football, Power Five teams with $4 billion. They said on average, $62 million per school. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and I know it's that it's not that much for Arizona because Arizona generates a large amount of its revenue basketball. from basketball, one of the few, one of the higher-end ones. But I think Arizona's still in the $50 million range mm-hmm. if it doesn't play football. But, That's why when Dave Hickey was uh, uh, talking the other day, he said, not playing football is not an option. Right. It's right, not right. an option. Well, because it wipes out everything it else. It wipes out everything else. Yeah. So much of everything relies on whether or not they have football. I, I mean, the all of college athletics crumbles if there's no football. And it's and that doesn't include, well, obviously an audience,
1: but you were talking about this uh, yesterday or the day before how people were talking, or at least one source said that
2: they can survive on the TV. Right. So, yeah, uh, somebody said that um, the Kansas State athletic director uh, said that TV revenue would, would allow the programs to survive if you had to play games with no fans. And so that's why I say they're going to play the games. Yeah. I may again. There may be some adjustments as to when and whether or not they're going to be fans. But ah, uh, they're going to. They have to play the games. Yeah. Okay. With that, we're going to take a quick break.
1: Get a hold of Bob Baffert and talk sports horse racing here on Ten Thirty the Voice.
2: Time to update those old kitchen cabinets? Call the Window Depot today. The Window Depot is not only the number one warehouse for windows and doors, we now have a great selection of kitchen and bath cabinets at Tucson's best prices. The Window Depot is Tucson's top spot for granite and quartz countertops to finish the new kitchen or the replacement of that old worn-out Formica. So call us today at 290-8545 or 622-6430.
3: The Window Depot, windows, doors, granite, and new kitchens.
1: Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 10.30 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez. And now on the phone, we have the esteemed Bob Baffert. Bob, how are you? Fine, thank you. Great, great. What's for dinner? I hear you're cooking.
3: Well, I'm, my job is to make the rice, but I'm, I'm having a little bit of trouble with it, the cooker. I don't, she's got these fancy uh, stoves there, and I don't know how to work them so you gotta figure it out
1: <laughs> okay hey, so I was telling Jay Jay you were my first guest on my first show about 18 months ago welcome back how is how is having horse racing back at Santa Anita for you
3: oh you know it, it's it's so good to have it back I was really worried there for a little bit and, you know a lot of there's a lot of jobs back there that were yeah. at risk but um, you know we got it going It's still you know the, the owners can't come out no fans and so it's not the same so you know, until we get you know maybe in a maybe phase, whatever they call it, maybe once the restaurants open up, maybe we might get some more action.
2: Hi, Bob. This is Jake Gonzalez. It's a pleasure to to meet you. Uh, so so tell us what your thoughts are on the on the Triple Crown races. Uh, you know, it's backwards. It's you got Belmont. It's going to. It's not the same Belmont. I mean, how's that going to work for you guys?
3: Well, I think it's going to be. Um, you know, I think the Belmont. There'll be some good horses in there. They won't have them all in there. But um, it's it's different, but I'm just, you know, I think we're just happy that they're even having them because it, it was looking pretty bleak there a couple months ago. Like, it, it wasn't going to happen. And you just, you know, you just worry about, you know, what's what are you going to do with these high-powered horses? You have, all, you know, you got really good horses, all this money into them, and you can't run those classics. So um, I, I think it's going to be... The, you know, the Preakness, if there's a horse that wins the first two, should be pretty exciting. But I think they're going to be very competitive races because there's there's a lot of time in between. So it's not going to be like, you know, usually after the Derby, the Preakness has about 10, 11 horses and maybe one or two are decent. The rest are just, you know, just running. So uh, they're going to be pretty competitive. So uh,
1: we've all known that uh, Bob Baffert kind of owns the first week of, uh, first week of May uh, for the number of last years, and you did it again this year with two bullets, two great bullets, one Nadal and Charlatan. Those, those two look pretty good for the, uh, for the Triple Crown this year.
3: No, they're really good horses. I actually have, I have three really good horses right now. I have uh, those two. And uh I have Authentic who's gonna be running June six yes. and Santa Anita Derby who's a really good horse too. So uh it, it's fun but uh it's it, it's unfortunate. You know, they were I had him right on schedule for the May race, but uh hey, we we just gotta deal deal your deal with what you're you have
2: you know so how does the how does preparation change for for these races because when you had you know in with the old scheduling, you had three you know these three races were compressed pretty tightly now you've got this gap so you know what what do you do different uh, in terms of getting the horses ready for for these races
3: well what i i just backed off on some of them what i do uh so i just sort of go backwards from those dates Mainly we go back from the Kentucky Derby, which is the the main race that we're looking at. So what we do is that's going to be running September the 5th. So what I do is I back it up to make sure they'll have a race before that prep them. So we want the September 5th is going to be like the, that's the big kahuna, you know. So we're all looking at that. And then for the is like a month later. So, you know, whichever ones are. In that one will will run.
1: How, how does that affect the the breeders in, in a month after that?
3: I don't think it's going to have a big effect on it because uh, they would have had a prep race uh, in October anyway. So the older horses, you know, the three year olds won't run against the older horses until the Breeders' Cup. How has? And it, go ahead. And it's a long year too because you know you you know you have to keep them healthy, just like these teams, and you got to keep your Horse is healthy, so that's a. So it's not. It, we got a long way to go.
1: So, so we had uh, Steve Kerr earlier this week talking, you know, about the Chicago Bulls and his success with the uh, Warriors. And I'm telling, I'm thinking, telling Jay here, I says, I don't know if I'd want to come back as Steve Kerr for a weekend or Bob Baffert for a weekend. What a weekend that would be! And then I, I said to myself, here's a guy who has maximum security now in his barn. How's that been?
3: Yeah, we just got him in a few weeks ago. Uh, he looks good. I mean, he came in in good shape, and uh, poor, poor horse has you know, got some bad press behind him, but uh, we're going to get him going, and hopefully we'll you'll see him at Del Mar. Maybe he'll run there. or uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with him yet, and, uh, but uh, I'm just trying to figure him out. He'd been turned out, so he hadn't. He was on vacation for about 45 days and so uh we're getting him ready but uh i have some other old older horses like mckenzie yes he's coming back he's going to be running june 6 he uh he's getting ready to uh to make a big stand this summer and uh, he well, looks fantastic i
1: had i had mckenzie i think we talked about this i had, I had Mackenzie before i had justify and then when they had to shelve mckenzie well where am i to go but justify
3: i am tell you what, McKenzie, when I really thought I was going to win the Kentucky Derby with him, and then he got hurt, and just luckily, justify, he was, he just, you know, he was like a walk-on, and he breaks his maze and he just carried the, he carried the water, but what a what a horse he was. 112 days to do that, Just that's, you'll never see that again. It, it was incredible.
2: Okay. So, Bob, so I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm, I, well, I followed horse racing for a long time. And in fact, I, I read the book about secretariat and I was fascinated by the whole bloodlines and breeding process and how, you know, that book went all the way back to the very beginning and how secretariat came about. So I've got a few extra bucks. I want to get a horse. How does somebody get Bob Baffert to train their horse? What, what's the process for that?
3: Well, I mean, I, I, I still take, uh, owners, you know, new clients, and they, you um, know, it depends what you're, you know, there's some guys that are, if I deal with, like, high-end, uh, high-end races, and uh, that doesn't mean the horse has to be a certain price, whatever, you can, you know, I've won the derby with $17,000 horses, but even the clients that are, want to play at the, at the top end, you know, they want to, you know, so they usually, you know, they want to buy horses that are Pretty well bred, and because the where the where the money is made is in the sale ring. Like these horses, like a horse like Mackenzie, and you buy them. You know they, you know you bought him for one hundred seventy thousand, but he's worth you know twelve fifteen million dollars when they when they do well, and that's that's where the that's where the so that's what a lot of these these guys make. You know it's amazing the, the the money for the it's in in the breeding rights of these horses, and so that's why. You might spend ridiculous money but you're gonna you're gonna get it back in so
1: uh, wasn't the seventeen thousand dollar horse the real quiet of the world?
3: Yeah, he was seventeen thousand, which was you know, it's hard to I mean, Silver Charm he was eighty thousand. Yeah. And uh, he made about I think he made like seven million or was some ridiculous amount. Right. But you know, it's and then they sold him for ten million. So it's one of those things where, you know, you if you deal in the high end stuff, you got to ch- You can make it. You know, but then, but then there's there's another level of just having fun and buying a horse and r- watching it run and break its mane or breed. You can breed it and buy a mare, and you know that that's the long the long haul. That's sort of a tougher. You know, you get lucky. California Chrome. You know, these guys like. Yeah. They bought the mare for eight thousand and they breed it to a stallion there for twenty five hundred or whatever and they get this great horse, you know. So you, there's different ways of getting there.
1: Speaking of all that, uh, you have two great clients, at least uh, friends of mine, uh, the Carboys. Do they have any Bullets this year? Any guys? The boys,
3: the, those are the best guys. Um, yeah, Paul uh, Whiteman, Carl Watson. We have Watson Chevrolet and Paul Whiteman, uh, Buick. They've got, they own McKenzie. they got McKenzie, and they've got mm-hmm. some, uh, they've got a nice horses coming up, and some two-year-olds, so... Uh, you know, they had looking at Lucky to win the, the Preakness, and he should have won the Derby, but he got a really bad trip. Mm-hmm. And, the they've Derby, had, but... and
1: they've had you with some great names. Uh, oh, obviously, Midnight Loot, the fastest horse around at that day. Uh, Candrea, a Hot Sean. Uh, there might be Hot
3: another... Been, Hot Sean was a little bit of a disappointment. <laughs> <But> <laughs> no no comment. A, a no panic. comment. <laughs> Candrea, it was okay. I said, uh, uh, Midnight Loot. he was like, uh, you know, he was... He he ran like his namesake, you know. He was a champion, and um, but it's really um, it's fun, you know. I, I met him through my brother Bill, the the yes. real estate the real estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, he should he should be mayor of Tucson, and uh, but um, you know, Bill brought him to me. I got these great guys. They're a lot of fun, you know. They're a lot of fun. Right. Most of my clients they they have a they have they they. They're in it, you know. They want to compete at the top end, but they want to have fun. You know, they really enjoy it. They have a lot of passion for it because a lot of ups and downs. And you know, there's, you know, you lose more than you win, so you better have the heart for it. Well, we all, I, we all know, know all, that. I know all about that. I, I really know all right, about right. that.
1: Well, we also had one called the Stoops. If you're going to put Hushan in that box, how was the Stoops?
3: Hey, the Stoops did great. We, you know, we bought him for I think we only gave like ninety thousand for him.
1: Only, J only 90000
3: Yeah, but for for thoroughbred, and he made like, I want to say he made about 600000 I think they sold him for like $2 million. It was ridiculous, you know, but they, uh, but Stoops and Stoops has been uh, in uh, Midnight Loot. They were, they were big, and looking at Lucky, was named after Carl Watson. Great story. He's with Mike Pegram, and they're going to be partners. And they were having a party. It was somebody's birthday. We were at Carl's house. And he told Mike, he says, and he had a few. He had a few little toddies there, <laughs> and um, he said, Mike, I know you've been lucky. You you've been doing a lot. Of, you've done won a lot of big races, but you're looking at lucky right here. And Mike said, we got a name boy. <laughs> so that's, that's awesome. That's yeah, that's how he. That's how he got his. That's how he. That's how he got his name. And and over
1: the last few years, uh, some of the best years in your life, obviously, uh, with American Pharaoh, Justify, I mean, come on, how did this kid from, Doug, uh, from Douglas, from Nogales, uh, become Douglas. this guy? I'm sorry. Sorry, got you in the
3: wrong hey, area. No, I've been, hey, I used to rent a Douglas. Believe me, I like Douglas. okay. <laughs> so this... So, um, but it, it's one of those things where... Um, you know, I, I never thought of it, it as my—it was my father's dream, you know. And so he would—he loved horses and he had a passion for it. And I just had to be at a young age, and I went with him. And, and I, I remember the first track I went to was was uh, Sunoida, Arizona. That to me, that was the first Saturday in May. That was our derby to be at Sonora, and then going to Rolito all you know every weekend with him when I was like twelve years old, eleven, twelve years old, and hanging out there and you know, seeing all these old-timers and stuff. So, you know, Relito has a, you know, that's where I got started. And, um, you know, every time I go to Tucson, I always drive by there just to check it out, you know, a little nostalgia and get out and look at it. And, and um, so it, it's, it's it's you know, the, I, one thing, Arizona, you know, Prescott, Arizona, all those little sure. king, I used to hit all those little places, man. It was a, it was a dirt road to the Derby.
2: At, at what point, Bob? Did it did did this was this going to become a you know a job a life uh, for you? I mean, you know, I know you went to the U of A and went through the horse racing program there, but you know, at some point you decided this is what I'm going to do.
3: I was actually I was 27 years old when I decided that's what I was going to do. I, was, I, I tried to be a jockey first when I was you know 18 19 and that I was I was too big and I just wasn't good enough you know and so and I I. I toyed with it went to school i didn't know what i wanted to do and then finally at 27 i said you know what i'm going to do this and so uh i started out my dad set me up and um he um had a few horses and i just started with one horse and it built you know just built itself up pretty soon i had like and relato had like 40 horses there and so uh and you know, right on the weekend. It was just a lot of fun growing up in Tucson.
1: Bill, uh, Bob, can you uh, stick around after the break? Talk about the good old days? Sure. Let's do you that. Let's just take a quick break here on 1030 The Voice. These days, most families are concerned with having the right insurance coverage. Protecting your family, home, auto, and other valuable possessions can be challenging and sometimes expensive. Crest Insurance gives you flexible options and solutions while saving you money. Insurance is not one size fits all, and at Crest, we find the coverage that's best for you and your family. Visit us online at www.crestins.com or call us toll free at 888-881-5765. Hey, welcome back to in the Ball here on 10-3 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez. And now on the phone, we still have Bob Baffert. Hey, uh, Bob, real quick, we have a guy on the name is Joe. I think yeah, there's some connection. Joe, how are you?
0: I, I'm wonderful. How are you?
1: Fine, thank you. you have a quick question?
0: Yeah, yeah uh, honored to, to speak with you, Mr. Baffert. My name is uh, Joby Rapola. I'm not sure if you remember my dad from the Fair Circuit and from me working in the jocks room and at Rito and I, oh yeah, I, yeah I, I you were run, yeah. yeah you were uh running horses and and i was working in the jocks room this was probably 35 ish years ago and we would travel all around the fair circuit to Sonoida to prescott we'd run in prescott all summer long and uh just growing up around the track and and uh just watching your career flourish as it is it's just been a complete honor and i've always told people i used to know that guy when he ran on the fair circuit with these uh fifteen hundred dollar twenty five hundred dollar claimers
3: that was me i i hit them all with uh, and we ran for the, i remember the purse was like six hundred dollars i get i remember winning winning a purse of three hundred dollars and i my ten percent was thirty bucks. I mean, I, I had to get a jack in the box. To celebrate.
0: <laughs> yeah, those were those were some great memories. I uh, uh, still go out to Rito and look at those grounds and kind of think about the the races that I've seen there. Some of the match races and things like that. Is just just amazing. So again, it's an honor to watch you your your career flourish as it is, and and you know just go into the absolute top of the top of the game. Well, thank you.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for yeah. the call, Joby. Really appreciate it. So 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 Bob, you have a lot of connections to the to the Tucson area, obviously Southern Arizona. You were here not too long ago to watch a game you and Billy in the front row with the Bob Euchre seats. Uh how was that?
3: That was you know, that's the first time I've ever sat on the floor and what what a it was just a great experience. My brother Bill, he's always he's he always he's always sitting there and so uh I happened to be for, there for that uh, university symposium, so, uh, you know, I was there that night, and uh, Todd Fletcher, he was there, and hung out with the president there at halftime and stuff, and so an athletic director, so it was, it was pretty cool to go back there, I never, I, ne- I remember going to school, I used to get in line when they had, in the old, the Bear Down gym, the old uh, mm-hmm. Fred Snowden, mm-hmm. Fred Snowden, they used to line up to get tickets, but uh it was pretty cool to be there. I, you know, got the I got that be like a top dog there for a little bit. <laughs> like
2: Billy, like Billy every game. Yeah, you know, you're in, you're in good company there. You know, you see the president there. Uh, president Robbins is there. Terry Francona's got seats there. So you know, you're you're in high company right there.
3: No, it was pretty cool, but I because you know when you're that close, you just it, it's it's a totally different. A matter of fact, you know, I I, I thought, man, I'm gonna. I've never, I've never sat on the floor before, so that was uh, and I had it, and My brother Bill, he's the one that had to set it up for.
2: Him. It's a completely different game from down there, uh, Bob. So you, you you know you mentioned Todd Pletcher, you know another U of A guy. Are there are there a lot of U of A people running around in the industry? Guys who have come out of the program. You know, do you know who they are? Do you see them? Do you? Is there any camaraderie there? You know, Steve Kerr was talking about that from an NBA standpoint. Is, are there a lot of a lot of folks in 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 the industry?
3: Yeah, quite. There's quite a few. They, uh, you know, a lot of them are in 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 the office management, racing secretaries. Uh, different. Uh, they'll come up to me and they'll say, "Hey, you know, uh, uh, Wildcat." You know, and right away they get my attention. You know, so uh, every, you know, everywhere I go, I'll, they'll come up to me and say, "Hey, bear down" or something like that. So uh, to the crowd, but it's it's it. it's got a lot of people that have come through that. It's it's a pretty good. Uh, pretty good system they have there they, they 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 pump out a lot of people that work on the on the in racing
1: so the last time we talked, I said at the time, I think that the Steve Kerr was out in the news a lot. He's still kind of out there. And I was thinking, who else? Well, Bob Baffert, you, can, you guys are kind of the Mount Rushmore of today because you're still out there doing and working your magic. Steve Kerr, uh, you know, Sean is doing what he's doing. Um, th- there's no pressure in that, I'm sure. But it's kind of cool that a U of A guy is out there on the forefront.
3: Steve Kerr, you know, I, I run into him once in a while at like Del Mar during the summer. And he's the nicest guy. He's very approachable, and uh, and he knows you know he knows Paul Weidman and Carl Watson, but you know he's he's always been you know he hasn't he's, he's always the same guy. You know he's had all those championship teams and all that. You know what a what a great coach. You know he was a great great player. I remember watching him play, and then and into uh, to end up a, a great coach. You know that's pretty tough.
2: Bob, I prom- i promised my brother Ed I would tell this story, and he—he uh, he was at American Pharaoh's first win at Delmar, and and actually bet on bet on him in a Quinella. Now the Quinella didn't come in because American Pharaoh came in, but the other horse did not. But uh, after after American Pharaoh won the Triple Crown, I mean, like the next day he comes over my house he's got the picture that he took as he was sitting at the finish line he's still got the program and he's still got the losing ticket and i had to make this (laughs) frame thing for him that he's got on his wall so i told him i would be sure to tell you that story but uh, this is a roundabout way of asking you this question when do you know you've got an elite horse like that you know you you know we were talking the other day about kids and, you know, they're athletes and they they separate themselves from the other kids because they're so much better. But when do you recognize that you've got an American Pharaoh or a justify or a Kentucky Derby winner? How do you know that?
3: You know what? They'll, they'll tip you off just like any great athlete. Um, before we run them, when we start going past a half a mile, breezing them, working them like five eighths of a mile, all of a sudden, the really good ones—they don't get tired. They just keep going, and they—they like—they do it effortlessly. And he showed a lot. But the first time I ran him, he sort of fell apart. He ran—he didn't run well at all. He was just a mess in the panic. He got nervous. He got hot. He just was agitated. Uh, broke horribly. Came out. Uh, was right there briefly on the and, and just stopped running and. Uh, and you tell your brother that I was not there when he won that race. Oh, <laughs> he that
2: oh he'll be disappointed.
3: I, I had moved back. I was going to drive back down. He was in the fraternity, and I threw him in there. He was a maiden. And he drew the one, and I had to bring my son, Bodie. He had to start school. So I had to be there for that his first day in school. And we were going to drive down, and the traffic is just so bad. You know, so I said, you know what? I'm just going to watch it Uh in here, and he he ran that day. When the way he won, I knew right there. Wow, this this horse is a lot better than I thought. You know, yeah, I, I thought he was really good. I, he was a good horse, but that day he proved that. I knew that day he could win the Kentucky Derby. He just and you know what? And Victor Spinoza, he picked the mount up that day too. Cause it was a last minute thought to put him in that race, yeah, and because he'd run horrible the first time, so. Uh, but um, he was. But my sister was there who lives down there. She represented us in the winter circle, very small <laughs> winter circle. <laughs> Bob, I've see, I've see, got a question. Your brother could have got in the picture when the man. Well, you know, <laughs> he, down there.
2: He, he's bummed that he. Well, you know, he's he was actually right there because he had some some really great seats. It's a trip that he takes every year with a a buddy of his that lives in the in the area and and they you know they get some really great seats. So he's got another picture of of the horse in the winter circling. He's pretty close by, but I, I've the one I framed for him was the one of of the, of the horse crossing the finish line.
3: Hey, all you have to do is just if you went to the USA. Just come on down. Don't do
2: that. We're all going to be there. I'll let let him know. I'll let him know, and he's going to go be a pest.
3: Just say, bear down. (laughs) Bob, I've I've got a question for you. You obviously have had a very storied career, and, and you've done a lot, but was there a moment for you? And you told the story earlier about, well, you tried to be a jockey and all that, but what made you fall in love with horses in the first place? What was it? Did you have an aha moment? You know what? When I was, I was about twelve years old, I was hanging around there. My father he uh, he had this gelding that was off the racetrack. He would won like a couple of races. He wasn't that good—a quarter horse—and and so I I wanted to learn how to ride, so he gave me this horse that I could use him. And so I just—he was really tough to ride, and he was he was tough. But he, and when I would get on him, he would he wouldn't go. He, he knew I was sort of scared of him. So it was one of these things where I just felt like I had to, you know, it was one of those things where I I, I wanted to get him to respect me and he knew. And then finally one day I was, it took me about six months and I finally got the nerve to really, uh, you know, Get after him and show him that was the the boss. And after that moment, I just fell in love with him. You know, I just I couldn't wait to see that horse every day. And so we just sort of bonded. His name was Teller, and he was just a beautiful horse. But I just that horse really is what got me into it, and just loved being around him. I mean, I'd come home from school, get on the bus. I just had to go brush him and take care of him. And so I, I bonded with that horse, and that made me really appreciate. The horses, just their, their smell and, their, and just being around them, you know. But um, that, that, that horse really got me involved.
1: How, how cool was it a few years back when you were the guy, the guy for game day?
3: You know what? That, of all the things I've done, that has got to be the most coolest thing ever. I mean, that was the way we went in there and being on there being with those guys, they were just, it, they were fun. You know, I'd, usually you get a little bit nervous or something like that. But they, they made me feel really at ease, and um, and it was just it was something. You know, I wish I could have stayed there because I had to get back. I had some big races, but uh, it was it was fun to, to to be with those guys. And to this day, Kirk Herb I I talk to him all the time, and he actually owns a piece of a horse with us. You know, so uh, oh nice. So I, yeah, so I I see those guys once in a while, but. Uh, it, that was pretty awesome. I mean, that experience was pretty awesome.
1: You didn't this much. I think they got crushed by UCLA that day.
3: They got they got hammered. <laughs> but, that was no fun. Yeah. So uh, I, I wish they would have picked, you know, like uh, UTEP or somebody that day. Or something. But um,
2: you know, in horse in horse racing lingo, they never got out of the gate in that on that day. Uh,
3: that's one thing where I, I always tell everybody, like, U of A, we used to go on some of those road trips. They always, U of A was always like the homecoming game, yeah. like USC, <laughs> right, right. something like that, you know?
1: Yeah. See, you've had all these great horses, so this is a hypothetical, and I know it may be a tough answer, but uh, War Emblem, uh, the Pharaoh, obviously, and Justify, and Cavaneer, Silver Charm. If they all ran against each other, how would they finish?
3: Well, it depends how far they would be going. But um, they all, they're they all different. They're all different. You know, Silver Charm was probably the – he was gritty. He he loved competition. He was just like uh, – he just wouldn't let anybody pass him. You know, and War Emblem, if he didn't have the lead, he'd get mad. He just wouldn't run. You know, he, he was different. He would get up there by himself. He was tough to catch. But of, of my derby winners, American Pharaoh and Justify, they're like um, – those are those guys were, that's why they're Triple Crown winners. They're just a cut. They're superior, superior animals. You know, they can handle all that. But um, they have that extra gear. And so when I led them up to the Belmont for the Triple Crown, you know, I, I always, I knew, you know, there's always racing luck you have to worry about. But I knew if they got away from the gate clean, it was like okay, bring him on. You know, it's like leading Michael Jones up there. All right, go, just go dunk it, will You, so, uh, you know, so um, I, but I felt really, I, I knew, I knew I, I was bringing. I, I had him over the barrel. You know, if they got away clean.
2: Well, Bob, today I finally got around to watching that virtual Triple crown, uh, virtual yeah. Kentucky Derby, and I'm like, uh, how do you feel about the fact that they put American Pharoah in fourth place? I mean, I'm, I get it, Secretary was going to win that race, but what the heck?
3: You know what? I knew Secretary had to win it because you know he's like the you just can't go against him. But I would, I'd justify. Matter of fact, I told Mike Smith after we were joking. I said he wrote Justify. Says Mike, you didn't get justified in the game. What happened? And he says, Don't you remember you fired me? I didn't write. <laughs> 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 and so, but it was sort of you know what it was. It was it was you know it was a little hokey, but what are you going to do? You know, that was at, fun. at the time it was it was it was, it was fun.
1: Right. Let me tell you this. Uh, we don't have about a couple of minutes left. So about 25 years ago, I think it was, I spent some time with your parents. What great! What great! Your dad was a cut up. Now, now I know where you got your 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 uh, humor from. But your dad and your mom were fantastic.
3: Oh, thank you so much. Man, my dad, he was a character. And um, actually, my brother Bill, he's the funniest. Yes, guy. yes. Your 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 brother Bill's a lot funnier than you, Bob. I said no, he is. But um, but he's it was they were great, and I just. You know, I wish they could have been there for American Pharoah. That's the only thing I, I was thinking about them the whole time—that they weren't there for the Triple Crown; they were there for those other races, and I didn't get to really. And I—I and I figured, you know, they—they they were up there watching; they were bringing them on. But um, but I—I'm I, glad that I got to enjoy my horse racing with them. They were at the derbies, the big races, and you know, they just really enjoyed it all.
1: Bob, we appreciate your time. Thanks a bunch. This was a lot of fun,
3: guys. Call me anytime, and uh, don't forget if you need some reality the horse. You think so? Yeah. All right, we'll
1: we'll, we'll uh, give him a call. call Nadal, I got Nadal. running it all. Here we
3: go. <laughs> Nadal, Nadal's the horse. He's tough.
1: Yes. Thank Thanks you. a bunch, thank Bob. You, Bob. Right, appreciate it. You. Got it. Great. Thank you. That was Bob Baffert, the great Bob Baffert, here on Ten Thirty The Voice. Let's take a quick break and finish off this segment here on Thursday
3: local. Make the switch. At Hughes Federal Credit Union, we offer customized solutions and get you what you need faster, like our quick and easy credit cards and auto loans, all done online from start to finish. Save time using mobile banking, bill pay, mobile deposit, and mobile pay with just a few clicks. Live large, accessing 30,000 plus surcharge-free ATMs and free debit card choices. Make the switch to Hughes today. Visit HughesFCU.org switch. Certain restrictions apply insured by NCUA.
1: Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 10.3 The Voice alongside Jay Gonzalez. I'm Steve Rivera. That was a lot of fun for me.
2: That was a ton of fun. I I, I love talking to him. That was, you know, he said, again, just another one of those guys. Right. He, he just, you know... Top of the game, you know, as as good as you can get, and then kind of just regular guy. He, he, exactly. He's guys.
1: the guy that and you know these guys because you hang around with them and you're one of them. you're at <laughs> you're at a bar
2: in Tucson somewhere. Come on, sit with us, and then you just tell stories all night. exactly. I, I love those guys. I love those guys. I, I could like yeah, I could see myself having a beer with oh, with, yeah? with him and just sitting there talking about the horse races and stuff like that. and that was a that was a ton of fun. Let
1: me tell you, be prepared for getting name called. You know how the, you know when you're with your good friends, your good friends, and they just, hey, peanut, hey, you know, <laughs> Pepe, blah blah, and then you fight with each other, and then, hey, let's do this again tomorrow.
2: Yeah, that that's that, that was so cool. That was so cool. Yeah, yeah, that's why. No, you just gotta keep your eye on these horses. Well, you know, I, you know, I'm gonna take a look now and see, you know, see what we got, and you know. uh you know, get get a, get a chance to make some bets on some of his horses. I'm glad we're going to have these races. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I always figure out a way to you know to bet the Triple Crown races. So we'll you know we'll keep an eye on what he's got, and he sounds pretty confident. Yeah, but be prepared, like I told you, I think yesterday or the day before,
1: they're a little chalky because everybody's got <laughs> well, a ball there sure. for that.
2: I mean, you know, you, you know, you, you go you you go to San Anita, you go to Del Mar, and you start looking at the program, and you just bet on a Baffert horse right, every right. time, you right. know, no matter what, and you you just always do, and the the rare times that you know that i've been able to do that i i do look for the baffert horses mm-hmm. uh and and so you you just kind of that i mean that's what just what you do it's like okay i'm going to take you know i'm going to take the yankees i'm going to take the dodgers or whatever you know you you, you, you yeah. do take the chalk because you you want to win
1: back in uh i have the the thing up i had it up before war emblem was i think in the 2000 ninety something 2000s and it was his horse he was a long shot 20 years ago it was the war it was the mid you know I'm thinking he has no chance <laughs> and he pulls it off I'm thinking God was giving me a sign and I didn't you know
2: he said God exactly. just gave me a sign well he was giving me a sign and I just ignored it well one of my great stories is a, a time that we went to San Anita and I was with my brothers uh, my brother Ed who we mentioned had, had seen uh, uh, American Pharaoh at Delmar where, where at San Anita and Willie Shoemaker uh. was 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 running and my brother said I gotta bet on Willie the shoe gotta bet on Willie the Shoe, and he put all his money on Willie the Shoe, and they broke. And Willie the Shoe was nowhere to be found. Willie <laughs> really lost he the came, shoe. He came. He came by so late. The, the, the horse finished last by, I don't know how much. And my brother's like, "Why hasn't he retired? He needs to retire." <laughs> <laughs> so and the horse that he was. was <laughs> I don't even know who the horse was, but he was so upset that he had this chance to bet on Willie Shoemaker. The horse was dinner <laughs> yeah, after exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> and, and Willie the Shoe came in last, and so he was calling for his retirement after that. Yeah. Right one of the great stories one of our great uh, horse racing stories yeah so it's uh, gonna be soon in reverse order almost in reverse order yeah June 20th you know that's not that far away I think that's uh, gonna be right after PJ tour gets going so stuff is going to start start happening now there are mm-hmm. no good there aren't going to be any fans at this right this ratio and those tracks hold a hundred thousand people and right, right. so that's going to be a little different but you know we'll be able to watch it we'll be able to bet on it and and uh, and it'll it'll be fun to get that thing started and you know what I don't think any Anybody, really ca- anybody in horse racing really cares about, well, they, you know, is there going to be an asterisk if somebody wins a triple crown or whatever? Like Bob said, they're just happy to be oh, racing. Oh, sure. They're just sure.
1: going to be happy to be racing. There's a bunch of degenerates out there. Well, they <laughs> are.
2: They are. And, you know, we are We, <laughs> we are that to, as well. Right, so.
1: Right. so let me tell you, you talked about your your, your brother's tickets and stuff. Uh, after, after Justify had won his thing, uh, Billy helped me. uh I had two winning tickets two winning tickets two dollar win tickets on Pharaoh on Pharaoh or Justify I said Billy can you have him sign these for me I'm not gonna cash them and I have them in my drawer oh that's so
2: cool so uh, they're worth more than two dollars to me that's so cool that is so cool yeah like I said my brother brought his brought his stuff home and he had this ticket and it wasn't a winning ticket but he uh, it was a ten dollar Quinella but uh, you know after the triple crown he brought that stuff to me right away and I made him one of those frames with with the three slots and he's got it up up in his, yeah. up in his house, and he talks about it all the time. And it's, um, you know, I mean, again, you know, if you're a sports fan mm-hmm. and something like that happens, you want whatever little piece of oh, it sure. that that okay. you have. Yeah. You know, I, I've the only thing I've got like that is that um, in, in the same calendar year, I covered the '88 Final Four, and then I covered the national championship football game that was played up at the Fiesta Bowl. It was mm-hmm. Notre Dame in West Virginia, and I framed my two it's my two press passes right, right. together in a frame, and I had that hanging in. You know, in my office for right. the longest time. It's just, you know, when you're when you're a part of something big, some sort of sports sure. history like that, you know, when you're not involved in it all the time and it's not a regular thing, right. you like having something like that to remember that by.
1: No question. I was just going to ask you, uh, I have a lot of... St- crap like that a lot of people would say that do you have signed stuff and when people get them signed they kind of talk about well I could sell
2: it for this blah 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 to me like those little tickets they're, they're priceless right you'll me. never sign them you, I've, <laughs> I've got a couple of things one I've got um, the, the year after the Diamondbacks won the, uh, the World Series I played in the Diamondbacks uh, spring training golf tournament mm-hmm. and as one of the one of the tea gifts was they gave us a baseball a Major League Baseball with the World Series logo on it I don't know if those were the baseballs they were using but it's Looked like one, mm-hmm. and I after the after the tournament was over, I I went and got Luis Gonzalez mm-hmm. to sign it, and that's the only signature I got. Right, on right. It. And this one I told you about my Fernando Ball, where the right. where the signature faded. This one I put in a in a case so that the signature would never right. go away, and I've got it. Right. I didn't. Get it stamped out. I'm not going to have it validated. You know, That's, you got it. That baby's mine. Right, right. And then uh, the, the other thing I have, and it's something that I did for, for my son Adam, when we went to the 97 Final Four, um, I got oh. one of my tickets signed oh. by John Wooden it turned out it was really funny I, I had see, my seats were better than John Wooden's I was like <laughs> that's I, part of the story I'm in the tall cotton that's now, part right? of the story so I, I you know during uh, between games I saw him up there nobody was bothering me just kind of sitting there so I went up and asked him to sign the ticket and to write to Adam on the back of the ticket mm-hmm. and so that I put in a frame with a, a picture of us at the final four with the ticket showing John Wooden's yeah. signature and then the, uh, the pin, you know, the, the final four. Sure. Shirt. That's in a frame, you know, that, that belongs to my son, you know, and he was, a, he was there. I mean, he mm. was, he this was, is, he was like five. Or he was something like four that. years old. Yeah. He, he actually was about to turn four years old. So mm-hmm. he was still pretty young, but he asked me the other day if he's got any memories of that he said, I, I kind of remember being there, but I don't really remember you much. you talking to some old guy. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> But yeah. he's got that, and and you know, there's a picture of him in there. So you yeah. know, so those are really two you know, pieces of memorabilia. I keep all of my press passes. Yes, yeah, so do I. I've got them all hanging. on a off of a bulletin board, and it's a stack of them. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's all press passes except the two tickets to uh, a thing that I did last year. Was going to the uh, the U.S. Open with my son at Pebble Beach. I got yeah. my my Pebble Beach tickets there.
1: Very cool, very cool. I know. I don't get it how people have them signed and they sell them.
2: They no, mean, they mean, they mean I, they, more. They mean more yeah, to me. I'm yeah, a, sure. I, And I've never bought anything like that. Yeah, me too. Me too. I've never bought anything like yeah. that. Good show today. Great show today. Another fun show. You better have fun tomorrow. All right. Well, we'll be here with Anthony Jemino tomorrow. I'll we'll be talking college football all day long. Thanks everybody for listening.
1: Had a great time today on Ten Three of the Voice.